Extraordinary Terrestrials presents The Eyes That Stare Out From The Dark. Entry. Remember how frightening a closet door used to be? Of course you remember, because it's not even a used to. I'll bet that just the other day a closet door caused you to shudder, or maybe it will tonight. Most find an open closet door to be much more frightening than one that is closed. The terrors only their imagination can conjure are safely latched away behind a closed door, out of sight, out of mind. I never considered a door enough of a barrier to keep my haunts at bay. Surely the demons could knock the flimsy wood down with their massive, gangrenous feet, or at least turn the knob with their spidery fingers. Depending on the night... A closed door was more frightening than an open door. It was the not knowing that kept me awake, that kept me from shutting the door, that kept me from covering my ears with blankets, that kept me from closing my eyes. I'm compelled to see, hear, and know the horror that is headed for me. Even if that closet door is really just a door in my head, the psychological door that is Supposed to keep all my terrible imaginings tucked away? If I know what is coming my way, I can prepare myself. When she came into my life, she shut the door. The world became safe. Too safe. I had to end us. There were other reasons. She really didn't know me that well. Anyway... One of the few favors she did do for me was closing my closet door. I have not opened it since. Even a month after the breakup, I'm sleeping too soundly. My dresses and skirts and blouses are surely gathering dust, perhaps even acquiring holes from moths. I'm in no rush to rescue them. Entry. My apartment is filled with radiators that tick frantically at all odd hours. There's no way of knowing when they'll start up, filling the otherwise silent rooms with a cacophony of ticking, hissing, and hot air. Sometimes as I'm falling asleep or reading a book, I can't help but feel as if the dead are being summoned by my radiator, or something equally as stupid as that idea. <laughs> the rhythms seem too regular and excited to not be of sentient devising. There have been times when the sounds make it into my dreams, though I have difficulty remembering their manifestations. I have a vague recollection of a, a drummer in one instance. He was exhausted from playing, but incapable of stopping. Another time it was a clock, 
Once I dreamt it was my hardwood floors warping and bending, creaking. I could say it all means something, that it all adds up in some way, but that by no means would make it so. Entry. Last night, my kitchen walls were painted with flashes of red and blue. I discovered several fire trucks and police cars parked in front of the place one house down from my apartment. I have no clue what happened, even after stepping outside onto my second-story deck to investigate further. I did make a few observations... I saw a man and a woman carrying what I assumed to be their children from their car to our shared neighbor's house. Their voices expressed bewilderment, but I couldn't quite make out what they were saying. It may have been something like, which do you want, in the car or the house, as they carried their children into the house of my neighbor, who I will call... Jim. I know very little about Jim except how previous tenants have described him as slow and an older fellow. Somehow I have never seen this man. It's all too possible I deliberately avoided seeing him. I think he rides the girl's bicycle that is usually parked outside his back door. I'm sure there is much more to Jim than the descriptions my peers have given, because I have seen the children next door visiting him with their parents on more than one occasion. I think they're friends. Anyway, after the kids and their parents went into Jim's house, all that was left was the intimidating policewoman, so I went back inside, sensing that it was no longer any of my goddamn business. Entry. The other night while driving home from work, I saw something fall in the sky. I was more curious than alarmed, but I immediately thought of the Weather Channel's most recent news article about the biggest threats to planet Earth as we know it. One was dangerous space weather. The article offered absolutely no explanation as to what that meant, as I watched a very bright, reddish star slowly swoop into a descent towards the horizon, I became slightly more convinced of the existence of dangerous space weather, without even knowing what it is. What really got me, though, was how visible this falling star thing was, and remained. Trees and branches got in the way, but it persisted to return into view after I thought I'd lost it multiple times. Eventually, it did not persist, and I had to return my attention to my driving, something I've been trying to do more frequently. I am often a hazard behind the wheel. Entry I can't shake the idea that there's someone other than myself here, 
all the time, but especially when I'm alone in the apartment. I'm alone in the apartment frequently, because I'm the only one who lives here now, since the split. Perhaps her craziness wasn't the only craziness. Perhaps I'm crazy too, I don't know. But it seems as if there's someone else here all the time, who is definitely not my ex, dawdling in the rooms, shifting around. Maybe even several someones. Maybe I'm simply hoping that's the case, when in reality I'm just bored and a little bit lonely. Entry. I made a homemade Ouija board in my notebook. It didn't really work out. That is, nothing has tried to communicate with me so far, but part of the problem might be the planchette I'm using. I recalled that planchettes are usually somewhat heart-shaped, so I've been using a guitar pick I found on my floor. I probably shouldn't. It's probably hers or one of her scummy friends. Surely an ex's guitar pick would conjure bad magic. I ought to just throw it out. Or throw it outside. Or burn it. Or give it away to someone. Anyway, all that I did get out of the Ouija board experience was a psychosomatic spooky feeling and a fixation on my breathing pattern that bordered on obsessive. You know, when you think about your own breathing so much that you feel like you're suffocating, I decided to give it up for the night and do something less scary. Entry. It's 1.30 in the morning, and I just realized something else about the incident with my neighbors. When they'd carried their children from their car to Jim's house, their car had been parked across the street from their own house. See, they're actually across the street from Jim's, and my place is behind Jim's, but my driveway connects to their street, but my address is technically Main Street. It's hard to explain and beside the point. More importantly, it appears that my neighbors left their house, got into their car, and parked it across the street from their house that night. Clearly they felt that there was something or someone dangerous in their house. Another detail that I recalled was that the children were in their pajamas. This would mean they definitely were inside, and perhaps even in bed when they encountered that dangerous something, before going to the car, parking it across the street, and calling 911. Maybe. I honestly don't know. It probably was a fire, but I don't understand why so many fire trucks for one little house. I didn't even see any fire. Granted, my view from the deck isn't ideal. And why weren't there any ambulances? I thought ambulances always came in conjunction with fire trucks. It's probably nothing. Surely I'm just searching and hopeful for some kind of excitement in my dull, dull life. I think I'm barking up the wrong tree. Entry. I saw that damned light again in the sky tonight. 
I was in my bedroom when I spotted it in my window. It came swooping sideways, then turned around and headed back in the direction it came from, all the while with a downward slope. I know there is an airbase near here, but not in the direction I saw the light. It blinked similar to how airplanes are known to blink, but it wasn't moving like any airplane I've ever seen. I've mostly only seen passenger airplanes, not the fancy ones they probably have at the airbase. It would seem that I can't decide whether to have absolutely zero confidence in my imagination or whether to become a paranoid schizophrenic. That was insensitive. I need to find a happy middle ground. Entry Lately, when I get the spooky feeling that I'm not alone in my apartment, I try to imagine my quiet and non-existent roommate is simply a ghost of the girl of my dreams. Someone who is as shy and meek as I am, but even smarter and less neurotic. I imagine her coming into my room as I'm falling asleep and touching the tip of my nose very softly and lovingly, longingly. She never did things like that. Even if there was a dream girl ghost haunting me, I think that ghost would probably be pretty miserable being a ghost and all and things wouldn't work out between us. Entry. There are times when this town is attractive. Now is not one of those times. The first snow has melted and the wind blows bitterly at night. The trash in the bags on the streets gets gnawed into by crows and stray neighborhood cats, and then the wind scatters the loose trash everywhere. No one cares enough to pick it up. Lost cause. Entry. Tonight, my downstairs neighbor was screaming in his sleep. He's been living down there for a while, and his shoes tend to make heavy sounds every now and then, but I'd never heard him making these sounds before. I couldn't make out any words until I was at his door, and even then all I could understand was something about the floors. He sounded absolutely terrified and I felt it was in the best interest of both his and my own mental soundness to wake him up. I pounded on his door for a good minute or two, shivering in the night air, before the screaming stopped. Moments later, he answered the door with a look of complete oblivion as to why I was there. He asked me if everything was okay and pointed out that it was 11 o'clock at night. He was... <clears throat> he was astonished when I informed him that he'd been screaming in his sleep. He had no memory of any nightmares he could have had in the past few minutes. He even asked me if I was sure it was him screaming. I pondered it a moment. 
The screaming had definitely come from below, in his apartment, and it had definitely been his voice. I recognized his tenor even as we quietly spoke in the doorway. His bafflement was just as much frightening to me as it was to him, and I wondered if informing him of this phenomena had only disrupted his psyche more. His eyes no longer showed any signs of sleep. They were wide and alarmed, but he thanked me for waking him and asked me to do so again if I ever heard him screaming from now on. I told him I surely would, and we bid each other good night, almost jokingly, each faking a cavalier smile. Two hours later, I'm recording this, still incapable of sleep. I can hear his pacing footsteps below. I doubt either one of us will get much rest tonight. that stare out from the dark is an extraordinary terrestrials production it was written read and recorded by miriam rumkunis music and art are also by miriam rumkunis all rights reserved the sirens were recorded by freesound user lg the radiator by user tobias sieben and the howling wind by user sage turtle links to their recordings are in the show notes which is where you can also find links to the podcast's social media website and patreon Join me next week for part two.